0: and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another listener episode of the podcast. Today, I interviewed Mary, who is 26, from Minnesota, and she talks about her very first relationship and very first heartbreak, which is something that I'm asked about a lot. How do you get over your first heartbreak? And what you'll see that it's very similar to getting over other heartbreaks. It's just navigating it for the first time. She talks about her relationship with her ex that was a year long. And ultimately, her ex just wasn't able to commit to the work of being in a relationship, which, you know, a lot of times people aren't able to do that. They cannot add that kind of commitment into their lives. And Mary's perspective was so beautiful because Obviously, she was devastated by the breakup, but she was able to get to a place where she knew that it wasn't about her. And in the beginning, there were a lot of negative self-talk dialogues of, if only this, if only you were this, if only you were that, then he wouldn't have ended the relationship. And she got to a place of knowing, like, it could have been anyone, and this person just was not capable of a relationship. We also talk a lot about, and that's why I made it the theme for the title, we talked about the fact that her ex- left the door open in the breakup and said things like right now it can't work i would love to have a future with you but right now i just can't do it and how she dealt with months of being in this emotional limbo of not knowing of if she has a future with this person or not and kind of the toll that that takes on a person so i loved mary's wisdom she had so many great little tidbits and tips One of my favorite things that will ring true for me after recording this is your thoughts are not facts. Your thoughts are not facts, which is very, very important in breakups and outside of breakups. So I'm so excited for you guys to meet Mary and hear her incredible experience. Hi, Mary. Welcome to a listener episode of the podcast. I'm so happy to have you on today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: So I'd love if you could start. We always start by just telling a little bit about you how old are you? Where are you based? Just things that we can help identify with.
1: For sure. Yeah. I am 26 and I am from the twin cities in Minnesota and I grew up here. So I've been here my whole life and I work in finance.
0: Okay. All right. Awesome. Never something I could ever get into, but my little, I'm like, I went the opposite way. My little brother's in finance. So I feel like it takes a very smart brain to do that. Yeah.
1: Numbers aren't for everyone. I forget yeah. all sure that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, could you tell us a little bit about the relationship that you're coming out of? How did you guys meet? How long were you guys together? What was the relationship like?
1: For sure. Yeah. So, me and my ex met on a dating app, February of 2021, and we broke up February of 2022. So, it was about a year relationship. It was actually. Both of us, it was our first relationship. He is actually 32 and I'm 26. So there was an age gap in there a little bit. He had been 32 and had never had like a serious relationship. And I think at the time that was a little concerning for me. But the way, from what I know, it wasn't necessarily because he was someone that wanted to have fun. It was just kind of like messing around. It was actually kind of like the complete opposite. Like he basically had one ex in his life that was in and out of his life they grew up together. So like she would had always been in his life. And I think from what I understand from the situation that she was kind of manipulative a little bit and strung him along. And I think he was kind of always sitting around waiting like, Oh, when is she finally going to give like me the opportunity? But I also think another part of it was it was convenient for him. Like he kind of got to live this like bachelor lifestyle a little bit where like he only had his responsibilities, his job he had to focus on his friends and all of his free time like he could spend doing whatever and so I think there was a little bit like he was stuck in that situation for so long because I think it worked out well for him and so because of that it caused I feel like a few problems in our relationship like there was a few bumps in the road because he was so used to it like he even said to me one time like I'm really trying my best like you have to understand like 32 years of my life like I've kind of only you know had to prioritize myself not someone else and so I think you know I approached the relationship like it was my first relationship and I think I approached it with like excitement like I was excited about all these things and I think his he was excited to be with me but I think he also was very like overwhelmed and nervous about a lot of this stuff like just meeting my family, meeting my friends, like introducing me to his family and his friends, like he never had to do that. Like he never followed like a normal healthy relationship before. So it caused a few bumps, but I always remember I was so patient with him because I could tell that he was such like a decent guy and he really cared for me and he like really loved me. And I knew he was trying his best, but I think ultimately it hit a breaking point And around january so like a month or so before we actually broke up is he went through a very stressful period at his job and he made me aware of this that he was like i don't handle this time of the year myself well and so he was scared like i don't know how i'm going to handle it in a relationship either and so we were both kind of anxious of how it was going to play out and i tried to be as understanding As I could about it. Like, I knew I wasn't going to be his top priority probably during that season. But it got to the point where it's like I wasn't really a priority at all. Like, I felt like sometimes I felt like I wasn't even on the list. And so, and I could tell. So, some of the stuff that he was doing was really like hurting me personally. And I knew it killed him that he was hurting me. Like, he would take it on and he'd be like, I feel terrible. But like, he didn't really want to do anything to fix it. You could tell. Like, he didn't want to change his ways in any way. And so, ultimately it kind of came to a head. And I think his reasonings for the breakup were it just like, it kills him that he's hurting me so bad. And I think ultimately it got to the point where his bucket for what he can handle or for just in his life is very small. And it just got to the point where something had to go. And I felt like it kind of had to be the relationship at that point. And so we eventually broke up. And so I think that was the main part of our breakup. And then I had also went home for Christmas at his family's place. And I think everyone could easily see like how much we did love each other. Like, I think they thought I was really good for him. And they were like, so excited. Like he's never brought a girl home and things like that. And so they were all, they could see how serious we were. And with that came, you know, they would kind of tease us about like marriage or like babies or like moving in together, or they were asking about his job and how stressful it was. and like. When did he think it's time to move on? And so like all these conversations, like, and I wasn't even the one having them. Like he knew I wanted that stuff eventually, but I wasn't like pushing it. But when we got back from Christmas, I could tell something had shifted and I could see that he was very overwhelmed. And he said to me at one point, he goes like half the time, I'm excited about all that with you, but half the time it like cripples me with anxiety and I have to be honest about it. And obviously that doesn't make someone feel good to hear that. So it made me anxious in the relationship, you know? So he did a good job at making it clear that I don't think it was me personally he was having doubts about. I think it would have been anyone in that situation. He would have just been completely overwhelmed. I think just being in a relationship was so new for him that anything past that was like overwhelming. And I think we were about to be like a year together. So he knew some of that stuff was coming up and I think it kind of freaked him out so i would say those were kind of the two big reasons of why the breakup happened
0: so it being your first relationship i think there's a lot to be said about a first relationship just because like and my first relationship was with someone a lot older and i remember like thinking that their way must be the right way if that makes sense like yeah. i didn't necessarily know like how this whole thing worked so I feel like I yielded to them a lot. Did you find yourself doing that? Like, did you kind of know what a relationship was supposed to feel like, or were you like really testing a lot of the waters as you went through it?
1: Yeah, I think it was, I know he was completely lost. Like I wasn't kind of like the reins on everything. And I think for me, I have experienced like just with people close in my life. Like I've seen very healthy relationships. I've seen not healthy relationships. And so I've got to like observe a lot and I think for me it was a struggle of like is this normal like should someone like I feel like I'm always walking on eggshells just to see him kind of or like even when we are together I'm like I feel like am I keeping him too long and like I didn't like feeling that way and I would always question myself like is this normal like am I needing too much and like I think during the breakup I questioned that a lot more. But I think throughout the relationship and after I think some of my close friends are like, Mary, you're like the most low maintenance person ever, (laughs) like, like all the stuff you're saying would bother me too. And so I think it was good to like, get that feedback of like, okay, I wasn't asking for too much. And I think when I was going through the breakup, I blame myself a lot, but now that I can sit back and look at it, like, I mean, my ex himself and his close family and my friends and my family were like, this breakup, like had nothing to do with you. Like it was all of his issues. And, you know, I think his sister-in-law said it best to me. She was like, sometimes like, you know, we stumble across people and like, we fall in love with them. And it's kind of heartbreaking when we realize they're like a step back in the process. And that's how I honestly would sum up like our relationship is like, he just wasn't prepared and wasn't ready. And so I can see that now, but definitely. Yeah. During the relationship, since it was my first one as well, I was like, am I needing too much? Like I question that at every turn.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, a relationship can fall into something that is very convenient because you have someone to do everything with, but a lot of relationships are very inconvenient, you know, you're like, Mm -hmm. and especially someone who it sounds like he basically had a relationship of convenience for a very long time and basically could like step in and step out as he wished. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And like you said, nothing that you asked for was out of the ordinary. I always say like needy, like you definitely know when someone is like a very high maintenance person. And typically if you're thinking you're high maintenance, you're probably not. Yeah. But everything you asked for was like so normal. And for that, that was like so off the scale for stuff that he was capable of. And it reminded me, I one time ended a relationship and the way I ended it is I said, I don't believe I fit into your life. Like your life is too full. I don't fit into it. And like Mm -hmm. the same thing that you said, every time I would ask hey, can we get together? It felt like I was asking someone like on a date every time I asked yeah. like my boyfriend to hang out. And that's not how it's supposed to be. For sure. But I do wonder if you had the same thing as me when I got broken up with out of the emotionally unavailable relationship. He basically said like, I can't give you what you want. I don't want to hurt you. Some, like very similarly. But I remember thinking like, why do you get to make that choice? Like, why can't I decide for myself if I'm being hurt or not. And ultimately, I was so glad that he did end it because I don't think I would have ended it and I wouldn't have been happy. But did you have that thought of like, why do you get to decide if you're like, shouldn't I decide if you're hurting me or not?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say I necessarily had those thoughts. Like everything he said to me in the breakup, like in the moment, like it was all hurtful. And now looking back on it, I'm like, he's not wrong. Like everything he said, I was like, He isn't necessarily wrong. I think the frustrating thing with me when he was breaking up with me is there's a couple of things, but one was that I felt like he didn't realize like his logic was like, to me, I wasn't following it. Like he didn't want to hurt me. And then I don't think he realized the breakup is like was what was hurting truly you. hurting. <laughs> yeah. Like that hurt me like way more than like little things he was kind of doing. And so I don't think he really fully grasped that, but I remember when he was breaking up with me, one, he did it over text, which was really hard oh. on me because it was, yeah. And I, I mean, looking back on it now, my ex, he's a very, he struggles with communication, especially when things are hard conversations like. I even think like his family said that he basically just said they broke up and we broke up and that he doesn't want to talk about it. And so looking back on it now, I know that he couldn't have a conversation with me physically because it was so hard for him. But like during the time, he made it seem like it was so easy. Like he could just text me and be done. And that's how I felt during it. But now looking back on it, I know it was because it was super like hard for him. But that didn't make things easier. But he also was he gave me a lot of false hope when he was breaking up with me like a lot of the language he was using was like a future with you would be amazing but not if I can't give you the love you need and right now I can't give you that love and he would Mm. use right now all the time and so I was so confused because I was like are you viewing this as like a break and like I knew when his busy season at work was gonna about to be over it was like a month and a half and so I'm like does he think that like He just needs to focus on getting through this, and then like after that, like he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna want to be with me again, or he's gonna realize like I messed up, or once he actually can sit with the breakup and has time to think about it. And so the worst thing for me in the breakup was that false hope, because he had said a lot of it. It never truly seemed to be final for me, and so that's kind of what I struggled with throughout the breakup the most. And I remember thinking, like hearing about friends like breakups, I remember thinking like. I wish I had, like, an abrupt, like, this is done, (laughs) like, this is over. At least it wouldn't have been, like, dragged on so long. And I think that was truly the hardest part, I think, for me in the whole breakup was that false hope. Because I knew I shouldn't have it. I didn't want to be three, four months down the line and be like, oh, I'm just so disappointed. Like, I was delusional. I got my hopes up. He's not coming back. Like, I would struggle with myself and I would get mad at myself. Like, I don't want to have false hope but it's like hard not to based on the things that he said.
0: Yeah. It's impossible. Like, even if someone says like, I never want to be with you ever again, someone will have false hope. Like, it's just, it's one of those things that comes with every breakup, I think. And so then when someone uses like very false hope specific language, I recently had a friend call me who wanted to break up with his partner. And I remember saying like, The number one thing is like, do not say right now. Don't say, like, just be very, very clear and succinct about it. Were you ever tempted to ask, like, are you breaking up with me? Or was there just part of you that, like, didn't necessarily want to know that for a fact? Or maybe he wouldn't even have said it, even if you did, like, ask it directly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely the type that, like, even though I know closure doesn't really exist, but I wanted answers, like, how to approach the future. And so I was definitely when we initially broke up for me, like the no contact wasn't really hard because I was like, I know he's super busy, like, he's not going to change his mind. I remember thinking that I was like, if I contact him, he's so busy at work, like he's not even going to think about this right now. And so for me, the no contact was a little harder when I knew he was less busy. And that's when I kind of started to break it. And I wasn't necessarily like reaching out because I just want a back of my life. I'm like, okay, you put me in this limbo for so long. Like I need answers of like how you want to approach the future. And I remember every time I contacted him, I would be so frustrated because he would say the same stuff. Like it was like, he doesn't know he's just in a bad place right now. And it was like the same answers over and over again. And so I like confronted him and I was like, I don't want to keep bothering someone that doesn't want to be with me. And so if that's the case, like, I don't care how much it hurts. Like, I need you to tell me that. And like, that's what his family, like, I remember talking to his sister-in-law about it. And she's like, I think he thinks it's more painful to be concrete with you, but he doesn't realize leaving the door open like that is actually hurting you the most. And I was yeah. like, and so that's what I was trying to bring out to him and like, tell him, like, I don't care if this hurts. Like, I just want the truth. And I would try to confront him about it. And he would do this thing. And he's like, I don't know. And so we actually got back in contact a couple months later. So like around early April, and he basically dangled getting back together and then kind of took it away because he was unsure. And he kind of put me on this emotional roller coaster. And he said things along the lines of like, I regret the breakup. I still love you. I miss you. Like I do want to be with you. And I'm like, okay, well, I feel like we need to have like a conversation in person about this. Like that's, I feel like the next step. And he was like, I agree. But knowing him, I was like, are you actually going to meet with me? Like, are you going to sit down and talk about this? Like, it's not going to be easy. And he's like, no, I want to, I will. I just don't know when I'll be ready. And I was like, well, when <sighs> do you think you'll be ready? I know it was just like so exhausting and. We had both had trips planned mid-April and we both got back from them. And he said that he would be ready when he got back. And I just, I messaged him and I was like, okay, like, we're both back. Like, if this is something important to you, like, let's talk and meet about it. And he was being avoided again. And then finally he was like, I don't know what I want. And I know that's not fair. So I think it's best if we just move on right now. And I remember like, I felt like I was going through the breakup like twice. Like I was like, that was the most concrete thing I've ever gotten from him to say, like to hear him say that. And I just was like, but it's what I needed. Like, although it killed me, it was like, after that moment, like I just felt like I was so embarrassed that I was bothering this person. I mean, he was giving me hope. Like it wasn't like I was just, you you know, know, going, yeah, for sure. But I remember just thinking after that, like, I never had an urge to contact him again. And from there, we haven't spoken. I haven't spoken to him since then. So although it was painful, it's exactly, I think what I needed. And yeah, I just realized like, I'm not going to do this back and forth with him anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, there's so much to be said about like someone having the door left open for them mm-hmm. and like that emotional limbo. Like I did a an Instagram video about it at one point, but like what if we looked at the way that sometimes we keep hanging on to a relationship as if we were to do like a job, if a job's like, I don't really think you should work here for right now. I'm not going to pay you, but like maybe in a couple months and then we just like wait around and don't get another job. And we just like hope for the fact that like our income will come back, you know, yeah. but we do that in relationships all the time where we yeah. like sit around and just think like, well, maybe, and if we look at it, our like financial and our careers are huge part of our lives, just like relationships. Like we can't just leave such a big part of our lives up in the air like that. And it seems like I'd be curious because it seems like you went through like two different breakups, one of which caused a lot of anxiety. Like you had like a very anxious breakup and then you had like the sadness breakup. Like which one was harder
1: for me? I think the first, One was harder just because the anxiety and constantly wondering, like, are we going to be back together? Like, once he gets through this tough period. And it also, I would say they're both bad, but I think definitely the anxiousness and being anxious was like the worst feeling. Like, I would rather have something concrete. And I remember, like, with the no contact, like, that's something I had to evaluate. Like, every time I reached out to him, I think with no contact, like, I think the first feeling you'll feel is release. Like, cause you get that, like hit of dopamine, like you're talking to them. They're still in your life. Like they're still there. But if you dig deeper, like I hated the feeling of feeling like unknown, like it's what's he going to say now? Or like, is he going to respond in a timely manner? Is he going to respond at all? Like, and I remember he tried to like talk like we were friends, like catch up. And I was like, you just broke my heart. Like, I don't want to talk to you about like things like that. Like, I think we can get back to that point. But right now, like, that's not something I want to talk about. And so that was, you know, I really had to like sit with that feeling. And I remember even when he was bringing up getting back together, my first feeling wasn't like excitement. I was like anxious. Like I stayed up all night thinking about it because I was like, there's all these red flags. I feel like, like, can I really be with someone that just can't handle their day-to-day life responsibilities? Cause life only gets harder. Like you add yeah. in like living together, marriage, kids, it's only going to get harder. And so I'm like, do I want to be with someone that has such a small bucket of like what they can handle in their life? And then I was like, I went through all this pain the first time of a breakup. And I knew like me and my ex could get back together and we would be happy. But would I just be anxious in the relationship the whole time? Like when I'm ready for that next step, like, is he going to be scared and so scared and he's going to get cold feet and be like, no, I can't do this. Like I thought about all those things. And I think in my gut, Like, it was telling me that, like, I don't even know if I really, like, want to get back together with him. And I really had to pay attention to that. And so, like, that anxiety is something, like, I don't want to feel in a relationship. And so, the first breakup, when there was so much of that, I was like, I can't handle that. And so, like, the concrete one, although it was hard, when he finally was like, you know, let's move on, I think it was a lot easier for me to process. And I was able to kind of, like, move through it
0: a lot Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really you made a very important point because when you were first telling the story, like you are giving him not a lot of credit, but like you're giving him like the benefit of the doubt of like he had a lot going on and you're able to like disconnect it. Like, okay, this isn't about me. Like he just this, you know, he couldn't do the breakup in person. Cause he had a lot, you know, these conversations are hard for him. So it's, we can like separate that, but then we can also realize that that's not like, that's not the kind of person we want to be with. Like, I yeah. understand that I'm not upset or like rageful at you that you ended it with me over text. Cause I can see that conversation was hard on you. And I also don't want to be with someone who would end a relationship over text, you know? So being able to like separate those two is such a good point. And you like, were able to get to that once it was like, maybe we'll get back together. It's like, wait a second, is that what I really want? Or do I just want this like feeling to go? I just want this anxious feeling to go away.
1: For sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think I can say that now looking back on it, but like definitely, yeah, in the moment, like it was very upsetting and it was like, I feel like you owe it to this relationship, like break up in person, but like, and I'll give him. yeah, I don't think there's a good way to break up with anything, anyone. I think it's going to be hard regardless. I think obviously he did it. I think he made it harder than it needed to be, but I can also understand a little bit. He's never broken up with someone. He's never been put in that position. And so I can like be more understanding of it now, but yes, now looking back on it, I'm like, do I want to be with someone that like, can't have one tough conversation? Like I would think of like, he just gets so overwhelmed easy. I just would think to myself, like, what if we owned a house and like something went wrong and it cost a lot of money. I was like, can you even handle having a conversation about that? Like, I don't think so. Like, and these are all things I had to like reflect on before I like actually wanted to get back together with him. And so, yeah, when he kind of brought up getting back together, I wasn't like a hundred percent on board with it. I, yeah. I wanted to talk like in person to talk about things because we never had, like we were having all these big conversations over text, which I didn't really like. And so that's more why I wanted to talk to him in person, but yeah, I wasn't like completely wanting to get back together. I mean, obviously I think there was a part of me that had my hopes up just because yes, like you're in so much pain. You just want it to go away. (laughs) Kind of thing. But I think if you dig deeper into like what you're feeling after that, like initial like relief of just like having them in your life again, like, it's probably not good feelings you're feeling. <laughs> like it's probably anxiousness, frustration, you know, yeah, scared of the future if it's going to happen again and things like that. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people exist in relationships with a lot of anxiety. And there's something to be said of having an anxious attachment style, which I don't know if you've, you know, familiarized yourself with that. I have an anxious attachment style. And I really did think that I was kind of destined to always feel anxious within my relationships. But then I learned that that's like definitely not, not the case. And I think especially Mm -hmm. when you have like tend to be more anxious in relationships, it's even more important to be with someone who makes you feel very secure. And like, I remember the difference in relationships of texting someone to hang out. Mm -hmm. I used to have to really like build myself up, like pump myself Mm -hmm. up. Like, is this okay? When's the last time I texted them? Did they initiate the hangout last time? Or was this something, you know, I was like so many things that I was weighing and then getting to a place in a relationship where like, I didn't care either way. I just, I was like, if I want to see my partner, I'm going to reach out and see that. So knowing that there is that kind of relationship out there. And I think it's like, so amazing that you've been able to See that in your first relationship, And yes, it's obviously really painful to have to learn it that way, but just knowing like, okay, I'm not going to do that. like I'm not going to exist in a relationship like that anymore
1: for sure. And I think also relationships can change. Like I think my relationship with my ex, like for the most part, it was a very secure, loving, good relationship. I always felt secure in it. I wasn't anxious for the most part in anything that he would do or anything like that. And then I think when the breakup happened, I knew if we got back together, I don't think I would be the same person that I was in the first time we were together. I think I would have been anxious of all these like kind of red flags that were shown of his emotional immaturities. I guess you could kind of call them and just like his, he's not ready to be in a committed relationship and he has a lot of stuff to figure out and he has to learn how to balance a relationship with his life. And so I think I had to be honest with myself that like, if you get back together, I don't think it's going to feel like a secure relationship that it was to begin with. And so, yeah. same as like this didn't happen to me, but like you know so many people like they get cheated on, like you have to evaluate like am I going to trust them if we do get back together, and yeah, similar things like that for sure,
0: yeah, no, I, it's a really important insight to have, and I would love to hear as someone who this is your first breakup, how did you kind of attack the like the grieving process? Was it something that you relied on friends, or what did that look like? because I get that question a lot of like how do I get over my first love.
1: For sure. Yeah, I think I'm very fortunate enough where I had such a great support system. And specifically, I have like lots of cousins I'm really close to that are older. And so they have been through these like devastatingly like heartbreaking breakups. And I've also seen them move forward and the people they're with now. Like they wouldn't imagine their life any different. And so like, I luckily, could, I had that like hope to kind of rely on. Like I've seen it, like I've seen people move on. And I've actually like, I have people in my family that are even older than like in their fifties, find love again, you know? So it's like, I had that example. So that was really helpful. So they helped me for sure. And I think for me, I struggled with, I actually had a girlfriend go through a breakup at the same time. She made a comment to me and she was like, oh, I think I kind of lost myself in the relationship a little bit. Like I could have been more independent. And she basically was implying that if she was more independent in the relationship, she wouldn't be in this pain now. And the thing about me is for 24 years of my life, like I was not focused on guys or like dating at all. Like I was focused on my career. I built a career and things like that. And I went to school, got good grades, got a good job, you know, bought my own house. And so I was very independent in my relationship we were still independent, like we still had our own friends, like we didn't spend every waking moment together. And I remember when I was going through the breakup, I could not understand like why this was so hard for me. I was like, I couldn't get it. I was like, I'm back to like the life I had before where I was super happy. And so like, why is this so difficult for me? And I think what I realized through the breakup is just like, when you lose a loved one, like, it's always going to hurt no matter what, you can be the most independent person. It's like, lose someone that you love, like, it's always going to be an adjustment. And it's always going to be painful. And so I really had to, like, acknowledge that, like, this is going to be painful. And like, the only way to get over it is to go through it. So that was something I really had to like, come to terms with, because I was shaming myself a lot. Like, I was like, why is this so hard for me? Like, I don't understand. I'm so grateful for all the other good things in my life. Like, why is this so difficult? And I think I realized now, like, you can't shame yourself out of heartbreak. Like, it's not going to make anything better. And so that's something I had to deal with a lot because, yeah, if you've never been through a breakup, you don't know how like hard it is. And I think obviously relying on your support system was very helpful. I actually got into therapy right away. And I actually am very fortunate for my therapist. Like she's so amazing, but I know everyone, not everyone has that. And so, you know, my advice and what I even did aside from my therapist is I would just like talk about it. Like even just like by myself, like in the car, or like in my living room, what would I say to my ex or how do I feel about what he did? Like, I would just talk about it out loud. And I think, you know, and some people, they journal, you can journal too. Like I know that helps people too. I was definitely more like speak it out loud. And I think when you talk out loud about it, like I remember there's so many times I was like, huh, that is strange. Like, no, that's not really asking for too much. Or like, no, I didn't really deserve that. And like, you realize these things as you like talk about it out loud. And so that helped me a lot. And I think you just have to take it day by day. That's how I had to do it. And everyone told me that they're like, stop thinking about the next five years of your life, or like that, you have you have to date again, or you have to deal with dating. Like, don't think about that. Like, you're just trying to get through the day, and yeah. that is something I had to like really concentrate on. Is just what can I do through the day to distract my mind to kind of just like almost weigh this out a little bit because it does take time.
0: So yeah, and I think I mean so many good things that that you did, and I think very important to touch back on, but the fact that you, you were talking about like the people in your family, I think a lot of people maybe have that in their lives. And I always tell people like, look out for those examples. Cause I think sometimes people have those examples, but they like choose not to see them. The fact that Mm -hmm. you could see like wow, I have people like I have visual proof that like you can find love at any age. I have people that I can see that like went through horrible breakups and now they're so glad that they went through that. I think we all have those examples in our lives. Even if I had like a coaching client one time and she went and like found like all this, these celebrities that found their husbands, like past the age of 40. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we can search for those kinds of examples, but we do have to like be willing to see them. So I think it's really cool that you like were able to open your eyes and see those things. And I love the idea of talking it out. I think it's really important, especially because sometimes we think that we're like talking our friends ears off too much. Like there's nothing to say that you can't like have that kind of conversation with yourself in your car. I'm definitely a journal person, but like I have friends that they just do like voice notes to themselves and and it helps so much. So I think that's an awesome tool. Obviously we love therapy on, on this podcast and um, Anyone that, you know, has that access, I think it's, I think it's really, really important that, that you were able to work through that and like the not shaming yourself. That's been like such a big message for me is like breakups don't get the credit that they deserve. Like society basically tells us like, you can spend a couple weeks, like hold up in your apartment like eating ice cream, watching the notebook. And then you can have like a couple weeks of like going wild and going out with your friends. And then you're kind of expected to just like be okay, you know? And like, that's just not the trajectory that breakups take. They take a longer, but I think everyone's in this rush to get over them. And then when they don't meet that expectation, it's like, well, what's wrong with me?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You can't put that much pressure on yourself hundred
0: percent. Yeah. And you talked about like talking to your ex's family. What has that kind of transpired? Because by the time this airs, I just recorded an episode about like breaking up with your ex's family and like what that looks like. I'd yep. love to hear kind of your experience of, is that something you, st- like you still keep in contact with? How did that kind of start and evolve?
1: Yeah. I think initially when we first broke up, so it's mostly like his sister and sister-in-law that I still kind of keep in contact with. And when we first broke up, like they were very great in telling me like I did nothing wrong. And like, they know who he is, they know what he struggles with and things like that. And I think after the initial week or so of breaking up, like they were really respectful and gave me like space because they knew like I probably was struggling. It probably doesn't help to keep like talking to people close to him and things like that. And so they were very respectful of it. And I remember, that made me a little sad. And that's when I kind of recognized like talking to them was like a connection I was trying to keep to my ex. Like,
0: yeah.
1: I wasn't talking with him. So, like, the next best thing was his family to try to like talk about him and keep that relationship alive. And so I had to eventually like go through it where it's like, I don't want to talk to them and they're not talking to me. Like, we're going to give it space and we're going to let the healing happen for me at least. But I think it, recently they have been reaching out a little bit more so this is I think it would be like five months since we broke up and then three months since I last talked to my ex and so I've had time now and now you have to kind of gauge where you're at and how you feel when you talk to them and I remember the first time we kind of talked I was like this feels a little uncomfortable it doesn't feel like I don't feel completely like totally excited but I wasn't necessarily using them anymore to like talk about my ex. I wasn't trying to bring my ex into the conversation somehow, like I genuinely just wanted to like catch up with them, and things like that. And so I think there's like respectful boundaries there on both of our ends. And I actually like had like an hour long conversation with his sister-in-law recently, and we just caught up and it felt nice. It didn't feel as uncomfortable anymore. And so I think you just kind of have to gauge where you're at, like if talking to like the family, like your ex's family members is like bringing you down, or you feel like you're trying to turn the conversation to figure out what your ex is doing, then I would say that, like, it's probably not the good time for it. But I can definitely, I think, check in with them now. And just that's all it is. It's just checking in to see how they're doing. These are people I met through my ex or my ex's family. Like, I do care about them. We keep in touch, but we don't talk every single day. We just kind of check in here and there. And so, like, that's where I'm at with it you know, I feel like you have to draw those boundaries. If like, it's making you feel worse to talk to your ex's family, then I wouldn't suggest it. (laughs) But yeah, for sure. I think it's like, you have to kind of take it at a case by case basis and like where you're at specifically, like in your breakup journey for sure.
0: And I think so much you touched on it, but so much of it comes down to like your motives with it. Cause I know so many people that are like, well, I loved their sister. And it's like, do you really like outside of your relationship like do you really want a relationship with this person and a lot of the time it is to like have that connection to your ex and and I did talk about that in the episode and I also say like cut off in the short term to preserve the long term like Cut off communication now, and then who knows what can happen. But if you like overuse the communication in the beginning, they're going to end up like resentful. It just can get really messy. So it's just better to like take a pause, do your thing healing wise. And then who knows, like you might, uh, like a relationship might evolve later on. So as we're nearing the end of the episode, I wanted to ask, I love asking this, what are like the top two or three things that you learned about yourself? in this breakup that you were maybe surprised to learn?
1: Yeah. I think one thing I learned in looking back on it now is like, you really have to understand that the thoughts that pop into your head during a breakup aren't facts. Like that's something I keep reminding myself and I can look at that now. And like, For example, like, if you're a nervous flyer, like, how many times have you gone on a flight and thought, like, oh, I'm going to be the news story that, like, this plane is going to crash? And does it happen? No, probably not. (laughs) And so, like, I have to, looking back on it now, like, all those things I told myself during the breakup, like, oh, I'm not good enough. Or, like, if I was good enough, my ex wouldn't have broken up with me. Or I did something terribly wrong and things like that. Like, just because I thought those things, like, doesn't mean that they're true. And I also don't think you should believe things that you kind of tell yourself when you're in a lot of pain too, as well. Like you're not thinking normally. And so that's definitely something I learned. And I think honestly, like when you're in the thick of a breakup, like even talking about it today, like some of the stuff, I don't even remember. Like it feels like you're never going to forget this feeling and it's like so dark and it's so painful. And then like, you just kind of, move on like time goes on and like sometimes you look back on it and like you remember like yes it was super painful but you don't remember all those specifics that feel like such a big thing in the moment and so I think you just have to realize like there are brighter days ahead like you're gonna find happiness again and like you'll be happy and so I think that's an important thing to kind of remember that it is it's all temporary for sure and looking back on it now like the one thing I just like, I remember, is just like the support system that I had around me. It's just like, I remember all the things like, you know, my girlfriend sending me cards or sending me presents or just like checking in all the time and being patient with me and things like that. And just listening to me when I talked about it, like so many times. And like, that's what I'll remember, like going through it. And I also just think like, what surprised me, and I don't think I would ever like, I wouldn't feel like I would feel this way. Like, but looking back on it, like, I'm so grateful for that relationship. Like, it was such a good first relationship to have. It was like, it was very pure and loving. And like, he treated me really well. And I think I can sit here now and be like grateful for it because the truth is, there's a lot of people that maybe don't have that as their first relationship. It's like unhealthy or it's abusive or, you know, or, and there's still people stuck in those kind of relationships, you know. And so the fact that I got to experience that and it was very loving, like, I can sit back and look at it and like be grateful that like, and not regret it in any way. And so I think that's the biggest things that I've taken, like from the breakup for sure.
0: That's amazing. Those are huge lessons. And I think will really resonate with people listening. Honestly, you kind of already answered it. So it might be like something that you already said, but if you could go back and like leave a letter or leave a note for the you know the version of you that just got broken up with what would you say to her
1: i think i would say to her that for sure like don't believe everything you're telling yourself like and i think one thing i struggled with is like there's no other good men out there and things like that and now you know that's not true <laughs> you know like don't believe or that I wasn't good enough for him. Or I blamed myself during the breakup. Like, if I hadn't done this. And what I would tell her is just, if it didn't happen that weekend, it would have happened probably a month down the road. And I do think I didn't, to be more realistic about things and to understand that, like, it wasn't just him in the relationship. Like, I also was in the relationship. And I treated him very well. I was patient with him. Like, I did all these things. And I feel like I lost during the breakup it was so much focused on him and like trying to get him back that I like forgot about like all the good things that I had offered in the relationship. And like, you forget about that sometimes. And so it's like, it's not just a loss for me. Like it's a loss for the person that you're with too. And sometimes you don't think that way. You just kind of in yourself and you're just like, you just don't feel good enough. So that's definitely something I would like tell her for sure.
0: That's awesome. That's amazing. I mean, it's, very apparent that you've done a lot of work around this and like such a great perspective. And considering it's only been five months, it's very impressive because I think a lot of people don't get that kind of perspective until later on. So thank you for coming on and sharing your experience and your wisdom with us. And I know it's going to help all the listeners on here. So thank you so much. For sure.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your bestie, where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself Stay connected with loved ones. And the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise.